I speak to you in the name of our one God, our creator, our redeemer, and our sustainer. Amen. Last Christmas, my family and I were traveling from Nashville, Tennessee, here where we live, to visit my in-laws in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. We were on I-40. We were at that windy part that goes up into the Great Smoky Mountains, and we had just passed through Asheville, and we're back in the rural part of North Carolina on I-40. And we heard a voice from the back seat, Dad, I think I'm going to be sick. Well, my husband John pulled off at the next exit, and we found a gas station right at the bottom of the exit ramp, and it was kind of a mom-and-pop operation with weeds growing up over the parking spots and cracked pavement and older gas pumps. And we pull in, we find a parking spot, we all pile out of the car, and as soon as my son's feet hit the ground, he gets sick everywhere. Oh, what were we going to do? We had over two hours left. The roads were still going to be windy because we were still in the mountains. This poor child had already had to stop twice. He was not going to make it. What were, what were we going to do? It was Christmas Day. We wanted to arrive and enjoy ourselves. And I just felt so helpless. I felt powerless. And in that moment, I heard a voice. From over by the gas pumps, I heard a voice. And a man comes over, he hikes up his jeans, he brushes the scruff, the graying scruff on his face, and he says, oh, that is the worst. I get car sick too, and that is the worst. Here, I got something for you. And he went, before I could say anything, and he started rummaging in his car, and I saw receipts flying around, and I saw Hardy's cup come rolling out of the open door and a t-shirt fly over the back seat, and he had opened his glove compartment, ah, here it is. And I thought, what am I getting myself into? I mean, is this going to be some off-market something or other from rural North Carolina? And he comes out and he hands me this package. I don't need it anymore, I have my own prescription now, you take it. And I took it. And he was smiling and his eyes were warm and compassionate, and I smiled. And I saw in my hand a crumpled, yet clean and completely sealed, two-pack of Dramamine. And I knew I had to trust him. We gave our son half a Dramamine, and he was fine the rest of the trip, and we enjoyed our Christmas in Winston. In that moment, I was at risk of making God too small. I felt hopeless and overwhelmed by the situation I faced, and I made God too small. But God was bigger than what I faced. God was greater than anything, all those limited possibilities that I could foresee. And it took this man standing in front of me in that parking lot to make me see God's greatness and compassion in that moment. And our gospel story today, this miracle story of feeding the 5,000, the story of the loaves and fishes, is a story of God's greatness. God's greatness as manifested in God's compassion for God's people. Jesus has just left. He's just left the crowds. He's trying to get away. 
but he has compassion on them. He, they follow him. He's trying to get away because John the Baptist has just been killed by Herod. And Jesus goes to mourn and to pray, and yet the people follow him, and Jesus has compassion on him. And if you hear the beginning of this story, if you really pay attention to it, you see that it begins with compassion. Jesus had compassion on the crowds, and he healed their sick. He doesn't send them away. He heals them. He lets them interrupt what he had planned, and he has compassion on them. And then the disciples, seeing that it's getting late, they want to take care of these people, say they should go be sent into the town for food. And what does Jesus say? No, out of compassion, no. Do not send them away. They need not be sent away. You give them something to eat. <laughs> we have nothing, reply the disciples but two fish and five loaves of bread, we have nothing. And in that moment, the disciples are not lacking in compassion. They are lacking in imagination. They are making God too small. They are overwhelmed by all the people who need to be fed. They can't see beyond the set of limited possibilities, the limited resources that they have. They feel powerless and hopeless, just like I did standing in that parking lot. We have nothing, they say, powerless and hopeless. And maybe you feel like that too. Maybe in this time of COVID-19, you feel hopeless, overwhelmed by the situation with all the death, with all the changes to our lives. Maybe you feel overwhelmed by the racial challenges in our communities, overcoming our legacy of racial injustice. Or maybe on the home front, you feel hopeless in the face of a child, a teenager who won't listen to you, or an older parent who maybe doesn't remember your name anymore, or a spouse who hides behind a beer or a glass of wine and doesn't ask you how your day went. Or maybe you have a boss who invariably gives you an urgent assignment just at the end of the day. You may feel overwhelmed and powerless too and hopeless. You may be at risk of making your God too small, our God too small. And yet God is bigger and greater than what you face. God is bigger and greater than our broken systems and more compassionate than we can even imagine. So big and great. Well, how big, how great is our God? How compassionate? Twelve baskets of bread. That's how great and compassionate. You see, Jesus takes the fish and the loaves of bread, and he raises his eyes to God to Acknowledge that it is God who is great and great in compassion. And then he blesses the bread and breaks the bread and distributes the bread for everyone to eat. And all are fed. They are full. And there is food left over. The abundance is extraordinary. It is abundance born of God's compassion for God's people. And Matthew wants us to hear 
the Eucharist in this moment, in the blessing and breaking and sharing of the bread, because it is at the Eucharistic table that we are fed in body, mind, and spirit till we are full and there is abundance and always more for everyone at the table. But it is, the miracle is more than just the numbers of people fed. The miracle is also who is fed. Notice it says, all ate, all, everyone. And this is a radical changing of what life was like in first century Palestine under the Roman occupation. Because at this time, if you were a poor person and didn't have food, you became a client to a wealthy patron. You would go to the client and say, I need something to eat. You would go to the patron and say, I need something to eat. The elite patron would say, sure, here, here's your food, but you need to work for it in return. And if you couldn't work or perceive that you couldn't work because you were too young or too old or pregnant or differently abled or a different race, ethnicity, gender or creed, you maybe didn't get work, which meant you didn't get food. And Jesus completely upends this system where you always paid for your food with work. And he has everyone eat, everyone, no matter social standing, economic standing, education, gender, sexuality, able-bodiedness, no matter creed or ethnicity or race, everyone eats, all are fed. God's compassion is so great, and this miracle shows this greatness so that so many people are fed, and all of them are fed. And in our excitement about the numbers and the equity with which people are fed, we may lose track of the disciples. We may lose track of the disciples. Remember, Jesus said to them, you give them something to eat. You. The disciples respond that they have nothing, but Jesus, as part of this miracle, is not just compassionate, but he is powerful. God's power works through the disciples, empowers the disciples so that they begin to understand that their role is to participate in God's miracle. They are not to sit by idly and be reluctant helpers. They are to pass out bread to everyone there, to make God's miracle of compassion spread to all who are there. God's power reframes the disciples' perception of who they are and what they do and shows them they have agency and power to be compassionate. God's compassion, to live it out in this world. They are at risk of making God too small, just like I was. And yet God breaks out of that small definition into this incredible miracle with compassion and power and shows that God is bigger than anything they face and they need not be hopeless or powerless in response to the scene in front of them. And I pray this is true for you. I pray that you come to understand and know that God is bigger than anything you face, that God is more compassionate and loving than anything you know, 
and there is more to go around in full abundance. And that you know that God is more powerful than you can imagine. And that power works through you to empower you to live out God's compassion, God's great compassion in this world. Whether it's in the form of a package of Dramamine or 12 extra baskets of bread. There is a miracle waiting for you, waiting for you to be part of it, waiting for you to live out God's greatness and compassion in this world. God's miracle is waiting for you to be part of it. Amen.